And then he said, I'm sorry, ma'am. No substitutions for you. I reached my limit. I got up, pushed my chair back with my legs, and I looked that man, that waiter man, dead in the eyes, and I said, you can't. What? And I grabbed both ends of the table right in front of me, and I flipped it over right on top of him. And then there was glass breaking, knives clattering, people shrieking, and I did not have this public freak out in a public place, but I imagine that's what it would look like for some people. listening to giving you everything today's episode is about public freakouts um maybe like a less volatile version of public freakouts but i do feel like i daydream a lot about having a a meltdown this seems like a red flag basically and uh in some instances i have had a meltdown but in the privacy of my own home still not great but on an off day i do find myself fantasizing where is this going and everything before me turns into that scene in mean girls where everyone transforms into a wild animal on the great savannah but i don't want to be accused of yet another unsolicited anger management episode you have to admit We're sensing a trend. So let's say this is more about maintaining your cool and keeping zen in situations that test you. I think I'm actually a pretty patient person, if you can believe that. I don't know why it would be unbelievable. I don't think I've given any indication that I'm not an impatient, that I am an impatient person. Whoa, double negative. But is it? But that's also dangerous because then you allow yourself to think that you have license to blow up at people because you've been saving it up for this moment. Today, I wanted to talk about public freakouts. She's a freak, super freak, super freaky. All right, daydreaming about a blow up. You could say it's the opposite of a glow up. Freakouts seem to be a pretty popular search term on the internet, especially this last year when, well, I don't have to explain the last year at all to y'all. I don't really watch them, but I guess I understand the appeal, for lack of a better term. Usually, in case you aren't aware, when I Google search public freakout, it's usually an adult, maybe on the older side. In a public place, often it is like a grocery store or a gas station or convenience store, and they are letting one rip on an innocent stranger, a helpless, unsuspecting individual who is just bearing the brunt of their rage. And a lot of times they're really just displaying very unsavory behavior in all manner of speaking. 
I won't get into the details because I don't think that those videos deserve or warrant any additional like justification. They are what they are. I think they've really taken off because everyone's curiosity gets the better of them. And it's like when you see something unusual or something ugly like a traffic accident, you just want to know what's going on. You want the inside scoop. Although that's a really terrible way of explaining why we gawk at a horrible accident or some ugly behavior. But I imagine that the other reason why these videos are so popular or have been viewed so many times is that people want the assurance that they themselves are good people. But where are the receipts? And the proof is shown in these videos where we see everyday people doing things that we would never do. Like, okay, sure, you would never do it. Someone's losing their faith in humanity. I know how that makes me sound. I like to think that most people have the same level of sense and rationality. And so that means when I see people publicly freaking out, I know in my heart of hearts, it didn't come out of nowhere. And I also know that we are not immune to foul behavior. Now, this is not to say that I condone acting on your worst impulses and making others pay for it, but I have been contemplating the idea of empathy. I think that word gets thrown around a lot from some very unempathetic people. And usually the people who are pitching are pretty self-absorbed. That was way harsh. I know I said I wasn't going to judge, but... I'm only human. Have some empathy for me. Well, in all this empathy that I'm trying to cultivate, I know that I've had moments when people are just too much for me and I want to let them know. I want to let them know in those instances because at some points when my bad self takes over, she says that not telling the truth is not only inconvenient for me, but it's frankly a disservice to them. What did we say about listening to that voice in your head? So when I fantasize about having a meltdown, I imagine myself having one of those mic-dropping moments in a meeting that leaves everyone silent because what I said is undeniable. Oh boy, here we go. I also dream about having a full-on blow-up where I let people have a piece of my mind or the classic. I dream about going to my desk and taking both my arms and sweeping everything off its surface and onto the floor like two little window wipers of a car. Or maybe like one of those inflatable dancing tube people from a car dealership in the middle of a mental breakdown. But most times I don't do any of those things and I just stay quiet and I usually can't remember what it was that made me want to pop off in the first place because in the end it doesn't really matter. It's usually fueled by burnout though and spending too much time doing things that make me unhappy and thinking without acting. Yeah, that's a bad one that I do. There was a time that I did blow up and I'll tell you about that in a minute.
The tricky thing about temper tantrums as an adult is that each time you decide not to act on a fleeting emotion, you don't always have the satisfaction of release or the vindication that you imagine you'll have. I think you're confusing this with the instant gratification of immaturity. And you just think about, like, ugly truth. It's not ugly. The truth is the truth. It just seems ugly because all of these people can't handle the truth. Someone please get the fire extinguisher. But, like, isn't that a very self-centered thing to say? (laughs) That's one way to put it. And so, anyway, you go about thinking things would be different if only you had let them know, them being the people on your nerves, had let those people have a piece of your mind. Everyone knows that ain't true. I'll tell you about the time that I actually did blow up. And I'm sure you know this, that the times you actually do blow up, you feel vindicated for a moment but only a moment and then you'll be left to live with a lifetime of guilt um there's a quote from you've got mail about this how does it go do you ever feel you've become the worst version of yourself that pandora's box of all the secret hateful parts your arrogance, your spite, your condescension has sprung open. Someone upsets you, and instead of smiling and moving on, you zing them. Hello, it's Mr. Nasty. And I'm sure you have no idea what I'm talking about. Someone hasn't seen that movie a million times. You've Got Mail is my favorite movie, and I just feel like, yes, yes, we've all been there. And in fact, when I was just out of college, I tutored a boy who was in middle school. He seemed pretty harmless and sweet for the most part. Side note, I forgot to mention that one of my first encounters with this boy, he spent the latter half of our session jumping on the couch, shouting at me, and calling me a liar. Not to sound petty, but I it scarred me. It for sure scarred me. And he was no angel, okay? But he did have a track record of not doing his homework or taking anything I did seriously, or for that matter, anything that he did seriously. So every night, I went over to his house, and it was like having to dig us out of this giant hole full of quicksand that only got bigger with each passing day. I felt like I did everything I could to help him to be successful, honestly. I was very emotionally invested in his well-being and his career as a student. I bought him his own dictionary, I gave him pep talks, and he didn't really seem to be as emotionally in it as I was. But I mean, why was I surprised? He was in middle school and we were, after all, trying to complete homework, which is not necessarily anyone's favorite pastime. One week, he had a book report due very soon, but he hadn't even got himself a book. So I went to find him a book from the used bookstore in the library, and the options were, I should have known, slim. So I chose this book that was A, available, and B, we could work with. So I basically chose a book that was a little bit on the easier side so that we would, you know, help ourselves a little here. And um, he didn't really like to read anyway, so I figured why make this any harder than it needs to be? 
And when I brought him the book, he told me that it was, quote, a little babyish. And that was when I snapped. I unloaded all of my fury. And I mean, his parents were not alarmed. But at first, I was glad that I had made myself clear and let him know about what was on my mind, basically, and how he had been, like, not taking my time or his time seriously. And it really bothered me as I thought I was like this huge sign of disrespect and I couldn't handle it. And in the beginning after that, he was ready to be on his best behavior, but eventually it wore off. And today I'm just embarrassed that I lost my cool at a 12-year-old. So who did it really help at the end of all that? Having gone through all that, I know I don't want to be that version of myself anymore. But like most, I'm only human. So I try to keep it in check by practicing a few tools that I've picked up and focusing on redirecting my energy into healthy distractions. My primary tool is actually a breathwork technique that I learned on an episode of Dragon Tales as a child. If you're not familiar, Dragon Tales is an animated children's TV show put on by PBS, public broadcasting station, about a brother and a sister who befriend a troop of kooky and interesting and fun dragons, hence the name Dragon Tales. One episode I was watching, one of the main characters, Max, is furious about something. He's angry about something. I forget what. But he learns to resist the urge to have a temper tantrum by breathing and counting down from 10. 10, 9, 8. And thank God for public television and viewers like you. I don't normally freak out on instinct, but I do typically make a big sigh as my go-to and I don't want to give that frustration that I feel any additional momentum so I usually do take the count to 10 and take deep breaths technique with me on this little ride when I feel like I'm about to break I also have mentioned before that I used to exercise as a way to get out my frustration Um, or even journal. Journaling is so great. I haven't been the best at practicing those things. And I still don't think that just these three techniques alone are the full answer. So I'm still figuring it out, but I'm glad that I haven't had any public freakouts to date. Don't hold your breath. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Hopefully this episode was relatable, reassuring, and on some level really helpful. Not terrible? I don't know. In a past year of public freakouts, if you've come this far, I'd say we're doing pretty good. I've had to hit the reset button a few times, but I will have to accept that. Ten, nine. If you like what you heard or had a good time, please let me know. I 
need to know you're out there, okay? Email me at givingyoupodcast at gmail.com or leave the podcast a review or rating wherever you're tuned in from. Cheers to a cool, calm, and collected week ahead. And until the next week, take deep breaths, okay? Okay. <sighs>